0: Toronto.
1: Hello, hello on this wonderful Saturday morning brink gunning Sam McKee. It is the Golf Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. The Golf Show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to the uncommon performance in a Subaru with legendary symmetrical full-time all-wheel drive, Sammy McKee. How are you doing on this wonderful wonderful Saturday?
0: I'm doing very well, Gunner. A um, little chilly out there this morning. I'm excited to be here with you on Saturday. Love talking golf. Um, yeah, but three degrees. Got in my car this morning. We'll say brisk out there. If you had a tea time this morning, you probably got the, the the layers on. You know me. I I layer up. I got the, the long sleeve on. I got the sweater. I got the jacket. I really hate being cold, so I'll go over the top. And then by the time you get to the night hole you're like oh my god i have way too many layers (laughs) on then you're carrying it around for the rest of the day but yeah we're looking at a three uh three degrees today we're going up to a high of around eight so not the not the warmest day that it's been there's been some really nice warm days this week so you can still play golf the sun is shining but yeah a little chillier and i'm not loving next week's forecast have you had a look at that gunner
1: Yeah, I actually, uh, I did, because this will shock you. I wanted to play some golf next week, and the the weather's not going to scare me away. But, yeah, I didn't like. Also, one other thing before I let you jump back in. We're doing Sam McKee's Fashion Corner because you say, oh, you got to take the layers off. The thing I hear most on the golf course from you at this time of year is, I got to say, boys. I'm dressed perfectly. You (laughs) nail it every time. Whatever it is, wind chill, no wind chill, sun's out, cloud cover, it doesn't matter. I am always there with either one layer too little or one layer too much, and you are always just looking at me. Not me. I feel great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's. I appreciate that compliment. But, um, yeah, Monday, we're looking at some mixed precipitation, some snow involved, five degrees, Tuesday, six. Pray for the super snow. Heading towards thursday where i have a tea time uh because the blue jays play an afternoon game that day no real kipper and born and it's 14 degrees that day so hopefully the weather it it, it it holds up but yeah we're looking at uh weather turning finally and we're heading into golf season here gunner so i'm ready to rock i'm really excited played some golf this week played twice this week uh i'm really i'm getting the tiktok game i'm really just a golf content creator now gunner i'm just you know I'm just a real content beast, like our boy Adam Stanley.
1: I was going to say, at Adam Stanley, coming, coming for you. Uh, you won't look as ha- you won't be as happy shooting your TikToks as he looked in his one <laughs> uh, with Jim Nance there, happiest man uh, of all time. Well, other than us, because we're we're talking golf on a Saturday morning here. Yep.
0: So uh, I just quickly want to get to something. I I played uh, Don. Va- I played t- uh, Tam O'Shanter on Tuesday morning, and it was amazing. First tee time out, spectacular. Seven a.m. Then I te- uh, teed it up at Dawn Valley on Thursday at about 7.30. And I will say I got paired up both times with just, uh, you know, eclectic characters that you get paired up with, which is always fine by me. I love meeting new people. I have no problem with it. So I got paired up with the foursome on Thursday at Dawn Valley. And one of the guys that I played with, I don't know, he probably was close to 75 in his 70s at least. He talked to me about how he used to be a member at somewhere. I forget where it was and. He now is just going to play once a week. So he's playing at Don Valley. Gave me the whole story. And so I play the blues usually when I play golf. I mean, you know, I, I hit it fairly, fairly well. I, I play the, the not the tips at most courses, but at all the Toronto city courses, I'll play the tips. And the guy that was 75 insisted on playing the tips. So listen, Ride. he wasn't a bad golfer. Like he had some decent ball speed. He could hit the ball fine. Like it wasn't like he was terrible, but it just really, really added time to the day because he's just not hitting it far enough. He was hitting it probably 180, 190 off the Blues at Don Valley. And Don Valley is not Tam O'Shander. Like, it's legitimately long. There's some hard holes. And I actually said to him during the round, I said, look, man, like, I, I, I'm i not going to be offended. No one's going to be, you know, think you're less of a man if you move up to the whites. The other guys we were playing with were half his age playing from the whites. And he just was like, I've been playing golf for 40 years and all of this. And I was like, okay, well, I just created a mortal enemy here by saying something. But I just, I don't understand the need for the pride. And listen, if you're feeling sort of, I don't know, ashamed of moving up or whatever, don't play to your skill level. And we always talk about how slow Toronto city golf courses are. It's a really important thing when it comes to pace that you play the tees that you are most suited to, because if you don't. It's going to just add an extra, you know, it's going to add an extra couple minutes per hole, and that's going to add a couple extra minutes per nine, and that's going to just push everything back. So I just wanted to get that off my chest because it's just an important thing for me. It really, really adds to the pace of play.
1: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hand up here. You know, I was somebody who for for a long time. You know, I play often, mo- well, not most. I've I've branched out. I have other golf friends other than you now, but you know, we play a lot of rounds together. I'll throw a shout out to our buddy Eric Prime, often rounding out the foursome. And you guys are back there at the Blues, so forever. I felt like, well, I guess that's where I gotta go too. And last year, I just made the decision, and I will shout out another. Well, I'm not gonna put us on this level. One day, maybe Canadian Golf Ledge. Lauren Rubenstein, he is the mm. he is the one banging the table on this. Play the tees you should. I love when courses have a mix and match. I love when they have a blue white yeah. or even a even a red white if you want to really move up there. There is nothing wrong with it. The game will be so much more fun. You are supposed to hit a when when our boy Stanley Thompson was designing <laughs> Lakeview. Okay, he had in mind you're going to hit a mid iron into this screen. You're going to hit a long iron. Well, probably when he was doing it, you're going to use the scooper on this <laughs> hole, okay? But they there's certain clubs in mind to go into certain greens. And if you're not playing the right tee, you're going in with the wood to everything. And look, hey, I watch more LPGA golf than anyone. Go in with your with with all your clubs on your are the need head covers. I love it. I'm a, I'm a guy that has a million woods in my bag. Mm. But the game is so much more fun when you can hold a wedge and you're looking to do that to get up and down for par. Give yourself a look at birdie constantly grinding and feeling like, you know, bogey or double bogey is your par is no way to live life. So and again, you want to talk about the pride aspect of it. You and I, we both saunter up to the tee. I think you're like, you know, a centimeter taller than me. We're both, you know, <laughs> tall, strapping ish men. And I gotta suck it up. You go to the blues, I go to the whites, and you know what? We have a great day every single time. So let me be the the poster boy for that. Play the right tees. you'll enjoy we it go. so, so much more.
0: Love that, Gunner.
1: Good stuff. Uh, well, while we continue our our uh, our advice corner here, mm. I think there's a certain thing you want to shout out to uh, to people uh, about Golf Canada. I believe they oh, they have, they have right. really stepped up in a big,
0: so- big way. Uh love Golf Canada. We're very close with them. Uh, my boy Dan Pino over there, the the um, director of of public relations, just an unbelievable guy.
1: I, I just know him as the czar as, as far so, as I know.
0: I talked to him last year because we played with him, and he was talking about their new app and how they developed it, and I was hesitant to use it last year because they didn't have the Apple Watch um, connection. And when you're playing golf – there's nothing worse than being the guy that's pulling out your, your phone on every, I, I mean, I don't want to be Ben Ennis here and pull out my phone on every shot and, you know, look at it for let the me, yardage. Let me
1: laser the front of this bunker that I'm going to end up in anyway. <laughs> that's a couple. That's, that's not Ben.
0: That's, that's a lot of guys. That's a couple uh, drive-by shots at Ben Ennis on this show. I, I, I hope he's not listening. Anyways, I just, I was hesitant to use it because it didn't have the Apple Watch uh, Apple Watch connection. Golf Canada this year has done an unbelievable job with their app. They have really, really taken it to the next level, and it's now got the Apple Watch connection. So I can you can get the yardages like you would on any other paid app that you do on your Apple Watch. It gives you the ability to enter in your score, enter in your your putts if you want to do that. I, I mean, some people, you know, that's not what you want to, you don't want to torture yourself out there. But I did it for the first time, entered in my putts, entered in my strokes. And it's just really, really good and accessible, and I'm really impressed with it. So I just want to make sure that if you're hesitant on getting a Golf Canada subscription, make sure you go get one because now you get the the app on your iWatch and on your on your phone if you want to pull it out. But it's really great. They've done an excellent job with it. So I just wanted to give them a shout-out for that.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, again, speaking as somebody who came to the game a little later in life, took it less seriously when I first started, maybe you're sitting there going, ah, I don't need to sign up for Golf Canada, become a member. I play X number of times a year. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me right now but the benefits are bountiful. awesome. And so guess you what? and I both members them
0: 50 bucks a year to the the national you know organization for your for for golf I just just do it you know.
1: Yeah. Just f- and here's here here's something else if you want to give them a little bit more money tickets on sale for the RBC oh, yeah. Canadian <laughs> my, Open right now. My mom bought, my mom bought tickets for Yes please. We were not <laughs> going to talk about this but you have to tell this story.
0: My, my mom bought tickets for the for the Friday at the RBC Canadian Open. She's like, who is the concert? And I'm like, that's a good question. I can look it up. And I'm like, Mom, it's, it, it's, it's, it's Flowrider. Rida. Uh, you ever heard of apple bottom jeans? Boots with the fur. <laughs>
1: Mary Ann, have fun.
0: have yeah, fun. Uh, she'll get her apple bottom jeans on and have a great time. So anyways.
1: Hey, I love that initiative. Uh, for too long, golf has been too stuffy, and I love that they uh, find a way to branch it out. Uh, the concerts being held at Richview Collegiate, which is uh, very funny to me as a guy who grew up in the west end of the city. All right, we have uh, we've stared at our own navels for about ten minutes here to start the golf show. We talked about golf Canada. Uh, any last kind of Masters thoughts? We did our Masters recap pod, but I mean, it's something that kind of lingers. I don't know if you're still just smiling ear to ear, thinking of Scotty Scheffler, Square John, Steel Stomach. <laughs> I mean, I know we kind of talked it to death, but it feels a little silly not to uh, not to at least touch I, on it quickly here.
0: I think as I've gotten further away from it, the more impressed I am with Rory McIlroy's Sunday. In, in, even after we gushed about it when I was at on. Tuesday and Monday. Monday, which seems like a long time ago. Anyways, I just I really feel like that was such an incredible round and such a special moment. I mean, to go eight under in the final round at, at, at Augusta to give yourself second place is just an incredible accomplishment, and I I loved it. And it, like I said on, on on Monday, it was a final round that was pretty uh, lacking from the drama aspect from the dra- drama point of view. I guess outside of the chip in that kind of won Scotty Scheffler the Masters and we needed something and we had one of the game's biggest stars with kind of a renaissance performance shooting 8 under shooting a 64 on uh, the final round at Augusta the sort of moments with him and and Morikawa chipping it in on the out of the out of the sand uh on 18 I think my lasting memory from an other than Scotty Scheffler's dominance and sort of a rival as a true threat to win every any major he enters will be Rory McIlroy's final round gunner I know I know that is probably surprising to you because of how much I make fun of you for it but I loved it and it was a really really awesome round and impressive
1: I would have expected the exact opposite take of you know what the further I got away four days
0: (laughs) cares guys out of it
1: shoots all goes low when it doesn't matter that's what I thought was coming here's what I'd say about it is if it if it's the start of something if it's the spark it's the if it's the lighting of the wick whatever term you want to use we're going to look back on that and that's going to be a really really special masters moment if this is what kind of gets rory back into that mode and he is in contention at the u.s or the players or the open championship then it's going to feel like a really really special moment and i hope that's the case because i think again he showed that look golf has a ton of young stars and it has a bunch of people you want to cheer for and you want to hold up but he is still among the 1% of the 1% that can get even, even the haters and doubters like you McKee, 100%. can even get, even get you going. Uh, so yeah, I'm, there's I'm no debate there. about that. Like I, I, I
0: I, echo. I, I love to hate on you for him, and I love to give you a hard time about him. but there's few people that can electrify a golf course the way Rory McIlroy can, when he's got it going. And that was one of those days. So
1: i I agree that's my uh that's also my my big takeaway so here's I think this is a perfect transition to talk about one of the game's best players who evokes the exact opposite of <laughs> yeah. well, is is nothing the opposite of extreme? I don't know maybe it is, but Patrick can'tley. This is a guy who he is he is the he is the go to pick in like your second bracket of Masters pools. Now, he doesn't get thrown into that top group with like your Rory and your DJ and your ROM, but he is always right there. He's always in the mix. But is anybody? And again, I don't think anybody dislikes him. I don't think you're rooting against him. I just think he is the most it's funny I everything goes back to Leafs it's just like a dirty word. He's just very vanilla. There's nothing mm-hmm. that gets you going about him. I think back to that with Cantley. I think back to that, you know, duel with Rom at the at the Tour Championship last year. Anybody pulling for Cantley there outside of his family and and his friend Matt Ryan apparently. Like I I, I, can't, I can't believe it. And of course that's his friend, I was going to say that's course,
0: the right? the perfect guy you could have named. Honestly, <laughs> Matt Ryan, uh, the other most vanilla guy in his in his uh perspective sport but i we bring him up because he's leading at Town this weekend uh he's like went 66 67 uh for nine under through two rounds uh not bad that'll do i just he's just i hate to say it and he's never gonna listen to the show so i'll just say it. he's just so darky gunner he's just <laughs> i don't know there's something about him he's just the way he walks around there's no emotion the putting stroke just drives me crazy like do you have to do a hundred steps Like every putt, it's like one, two, three, (laughs) one, two, three, one, two, three. It drives me crazy. And he just never does a fist pump. There's no emotion. Even with that duel, you talk about the one he had with Rom. You look back to the week before. Was that the week before or two weeks before when he had that unbelievable duel with Bryson? And he was barely celebrating then. It's just I understand that a lot, oh, these he's the silent assassin. He's he's this guy that is stoic. He's a killer. I understand all those sort of arguments for him, but at the same time, like it's it's entertainment. Would it kill you to show a little bit of emotion? You're what's supposed to be one of the big stars in the game. And I really think that's what holds him back from being one of the super duper stars in the game is just how vanilla he is. No, because his game, it's up there with literally anyone in the world you can put him up there with anyone on any given day you look at the what he how he played at the Ryder Cup this guy is an absolute killer I just I don't care about him because he's so boring Gunner.
1: yeah you did highlight the one time I was pulling for him was when he was in that duel with Bryce and I'm like come on Kentley (laughs) slay the dragon you can do it (laughs) and he did and he did that and again but that just speaks to it another again pick your guy morikawa hovland rom i don't know throw zalatoris in the mix here any of those guys has that duel and it's playoff hole after playoff hole and bryson's driving at 40 yards by him and it doesn't matter because he's getting up and down we look at this as like and then he goes on to do it against rom in the tour championship it's like, check, check, that guy's a guy now. We all think about him. And not that we don't think about Cantley as a great player, but it's just he had those two amazing moments against two bright, fiery players, and we're all sitting there going, okay, nice. Yeah, great. Good, good job. well hey, done." can we watch the real it, stars now? Yeah, it's just, it is amazing. I mean, I even think of a guy like a guy like Salatores, who at least he has the thing going for him. It's, oh, he's the skinny guy, and he's got the weird putting stroke, and he looks like he's 12 years old, and happy Gilmore's caddy. Cantley is Cantley feels like a PGA tour player as Tiger was coming up. Like it feels like all the guys Tiger yeah, was going it's against. A great him, just the point. Mark O'Meara's of the world. And even O'Mara had like so much more emotion and you hear these great stories about him. I don't know, who knows? Maybe in maybe in twenty years when uh, John Rahm's writing his book, we'll hear all these great stories about Cantley or something like that. But it's just yeah, it's just he feels like a tour player from 20 or 25 years ago of just those guys we think of kind of getting slayed by tiger.
0: All right. I completely agree. Should we maybe stop crapping all over Cantlay? Cause I don't really have a whole lot else to say about him, but yeah, nope. it's just not the sexiest superstar in the sport in a, st- in a sport that's full of sort of sexy superstars. And listen, a lot of them are kind of scuffling right now. Like you look at Justin Thomas. I mean, he had some moments in the masters, but ultimately I think he finished outside the top 10. You look at Rom, what he's done recently I guess you can look at Rory and he had that round that was unbelievable, but before that he was kind of scuffling. I just there hasn't been a ton of the big name superstars that have been at the top of the league. you think back to the start of last season and oh, yeah. just how every weekend we're like, this leaderboard is unbelievable. And now it's more of like a lot of like your Seb Strakas of the world and you know, you know your Joel Damons, which I'm not getting, hey, still great players, but this the 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 name power in terms of what's been at the top of the leaderboard has lacked in in um in other tournaments uh, as opposed to what we saw at the start of last year.
1: Yeah, it definitely is, has felt that or maybe way. maybe just Scheffler
0: just wins them all. So that just kind of well, takes and, excitement well, the excitement
1: out of it. though. It goes to him being the world. And again, I don't want to go back to relitigate it. Look, the formula is what it is. He won the tournaments, and he just stamped it home with a Masters win. So no mm-hmm. one's trying to take it away from him. But again, I don't look at that as necessarily Scheffler climbing the mountaintop. Of course, he did. But I look at the other side of it. When Rory was number one in the world, he held it for over a year. When DJ was number one in the world, he held it for a long time. Nobody's gonna be Tiger and hold it for, you know, four or five years straight like he did at three hundred and some odd weeks, whatever it is. Or I guess that's like six years. Nobody's going to do that. But the fact that it feels like right now this is gonna be a baton that I don't know, I I would fully imagine somebody clips Scotty Scheffler by the time the year is done, because they have a hot stretch like Cantley had at the end of last year, winning the BMW and then winning the tour championship. Like I can easily see a world where that happens. And it just kind of goes to show that nobody, nobody's grabbing the tour kind of and taking it for their own. And it, one that says a lot about the talent that we have now, but it also says something that the top, top guys, somebody hasn't really been able to separate themselves. And I'd love to see it. And I, I don't know if you told me I had to pick one guy to do it, you know, for the longest time I thought, it's Rom. Guys, it's Rom. And it might still be, but I don't know. It might be called Morikawa. I i don't know. Like there are just so many guys you can kind of pick and choose from. Uh a- anything else on that? Or I, I know we kind of both wanted to talk about just what kind of like a cool, chill vibe Harbortown has. I don't really know how else to put it.
0: I like Harbortown a lot, and I feel like the guys who play on tour like it a lot as sort of a come down after the masters. You yeah. go there and it's like, wow, these greens. Jeez, these are a lot easier than Augusta. Wow, well, like vacation. Yeah, well, these, these uh, you know, these fairways are a lot more forgiving than they are at Augusta. Like, it's just, I just really do feel like, this is a great field. A lot of the big names are playing, and a lot of them probably just need to go there and decompress, quite honestly, yep. because of how, you know, tightly wound you are playing at Augusta, and every shot is just so important because of, you know, disaster that strikes and all around the greens there and the stuff that can happen to you if you putt it three feet too far. Going to Harbortown, which is a very, very cool course, and I think you mentioned the, this to me before our our, our show started, but, it, you know, I'm never looking forward to the the tourney after the Masters. I'm always kind of yeah. like, ah, oh, you know, I, I, I invested so much time in golf last weekend. I'm probably going to, you know, it's a big sports weekend here. Raptors are kicking off tonight. But I always find myself being like, I'm going to turn on old golf channel here and see what's going oh, yeah. on because guys are just hitting shots. It's just a different thing. Like, guys are dropping darts. Birdies are falling. You know, your leader's at nine under after two rounds. It's a bit of a birdie fest, but at the same time, it's a really aesthetically pleasing course, and I really do enjoy this tournament. And you know what else I really enjoy about this tournament? Looking at this leaderboard, we got four Canadians in the top 25, which is very nice. Obviously, we got... Um, Con- Connors and we have uh, Hadwin Roger Sloan and Adam's fence all in the top 25 so very nice for the Canadians through the first two rounds at Harbortown
1: yeah honestly looking at the Canadians there obviously obviously Connors and Hadwin are the two that kind of jump to mind and I'm really happy to see Hadwin have the success he's had this week because he was on an absolute tear heading into the Masters. Now, he didn't qualify for the field this year. And, you know, look, guys take weeks off all the time. I'm not sitting here going, oh, man, he's going to forget how to play golf. But when you're on such a role like that, you just want to keep going, keep going, keep mm-hmm. going. So it's really nice for Hadwin to get back in a big field, full full field event here and and have the uh, result he's having. Also, you mentioned how good the field is. Obviously, it's because players love the course. Obviously, it's the PGA Tour. You're going to have a decent field anyway. But we'd be remiss. Uh, we were shouting out the RBC Canadian Open earlier on uh that's definitely uh part of the reason why the field's looking so good they have the rbc uh sponsorship down there of course they have a big big roster of uh of, of guys on tour so great to see them uh get it getting in the mix good right. on
0: rbc for getting all hey. those big guys
1: absolutely honestly uh we we love the field we get up here and i'm sure they feel the same way in in south carolina uh we talk about Connors as well another ace mm. this guy is all the time he has four of them now going back to what is it 2019 I, I'm still convinced it'll happen for me one, one day, but man, Corey Connors, the four of them since 2019, part of it is look, all these guys obviously are pretty decent ball strikers on tour, but I do think that's part of the reason why the guy just hits it. So flush He's firing at pins all the time. Eventually one's going to go in. And for him, it's not one it's it's one every year since 2019.
0: That's it's hard to fathom that like obviously there's some luck involved here it's a hole in one it's not like it's you know he's got an advantage over everybody else all of them hit it really good and all of them hit it at pins all day long I mean four to go in is some luck involved but I I I like what you said there guy stripes it and he is dropping darts constantly I do feel like he is in the top 10 in the world of guys that can get aces a lot is that is that a is that a fair way to put it I, he know made four since 2019. I know he's number the one. Stat no, he's up, yeah. number one. But I feel like if I was going to put a, I guess it's just a stupid thing to say, but like if I was going to without the stats, if I was going to put a list together of guys, it would start with him. It would start with Morikawa, Zalatoris. Like he is in that conversation with guys who are unbelievable ball strikers on tour. So I 100. percent I, I love that a Canadian has the most aces on tour since 2019. Four is a stupid number. And Gunner, I am convinced I'll never get one. I just I, you are. I, no, I just don't think it'll ever happen. I don't know. I just get this feeling that it'll just never happen. I don't play part threes very well. I'm always thinking about a hole in one. I just always pull it. I don't know. My short irons I pull. That's my miss. so I'll just never get a hole in one. So I'm convinced. It's
1: so- it's so funny that you say that because, you know, as we've found talking about many sports and our time here at Sports Sportsnet 590, the fan is you are, you know, more, more or less an optimist. In yes. Life. You think things will go well. You assume the sun will rise tomorrow. Mm. I need to see it before I know that will be the case. I always assume the worst. But no matter how I'm playing, I could be having the absolute worst round of my life. I can be unable to find the club face. But if it's a par three under 165, I'm convinced. Yeah, maybe. Maybe now's the time. Like, I step up every single time. It's the only time in my life I expect something good to happen. And then I'm immediately crushed with uh, with disappointment. And it's funny. The closest call I've had, I actually was, uh, I don't yeah. know if this is the closest call, but I was playing with you, Fabro, and I believe Huberl. Yeah. And a Pelota 9-iron, and thin, I skull it. Skinny just, as hell. <laughs> as skinny as Will's Al Taurus. <laughs> and it goes right by the hole. Yeah. Like we were It was tracking. And, uh, hey, so, uh, I would take it. I would take a thin, skinny 9-iron all day, however, I, however it needs to happen.
0: I'm thinking about uh, all the Toronto golf holes where it would be really entertaining to get a hole in one. All of them would be great. But there, there, there's one at uh, at Don Valley. I was just playing on on Thursday. And it'd be such a great hole to get it on. I think it's number 13 after the long, par, no, or maybe number 14 after the long par five, the one with the, the water, the yep. horrible hole on the back nine, the par oh, five. Yeah. The I one know. that I just write an eight down and go to the next D yeah. basically. <laughs> but it's this elevated tee box. It's a nice big green. You're looking down at it. Like it just, you could picture it hitting the front of the green, rolling up and going in. So I think it's number 13 at, or number, tw- number 13 or number 14 that I'm really, really hoping for one. So there you go.
1: You, you know, if I could pick any hole in GTA golf to, to make a one on, you know.
0: Oh, number 17 at Lakeview. Is that right? Oh,
1: no, it's not. Uh, Because it's the hole I've taken the most pictures of in my life. And oh, like, number, as as number, is that number? I was going to say, is that number six seven? Or seven. Yeah. yeah, six or seven there. Ray-Ban's and, open uh, now. We
0: should head out there soon.
1: We we absolutely should. And look, we always shout out City of Toronto Golf Courses. They do a great job. Local munis everywhere. Um. Lifeblood of this game. Honestly, like it's a. it sounds like I'm, you know... D- I, I cannot explain to you where I'd be in this game of golf without Munis, and I'm sure all of you out there as well. And I'll say, City Course is open earlier than a lot of the private ones. So For good sure. On you there. So, uh,
0: a couple of buddies of mine, another foursome that I played with, played Brave yesterday. Can you imagine how windy it was oh up there? God. They said they could barely turn the cart around some of these corners. Cause I don't know if you've ever, like if people listening have ever played Brabant, it's an incredible course in Mississauga up on top of the old garbage dump. It's a really cool link style, unique in Toronto. There's not a lot of courses like yeah. it around for cheap, at least. Like you've got your Eagles nest and you've got different mm-hmm. places, but I think it's close like 60 bucks with a card. It's excellent value, but boy, if it's windy, you it's taking a you're going to bed tired that night because you're driving into the wind you're walking into the wind get a little blustery up there so if you want to you know an open experience that's the place to head in Toronto
1: yeah I won't I won't bury the other course for this but you and I uh, had a year where every oh, for yeah. every single major <laughs> oh, yeah. we w- with the exception of Augusta we did play a place <laughs> with fast greens we were probably reaching a little on that but right before the U S Open we played a course that. Um, Eh, How can I put this nicely? Decided not to cut the fairway. So it was pretty much all rough. It was pretty much all rough out there. So that was an experience. Lost about 800 balls, which is not uncommon for me. But for you and uh, the rest of our our playing group, that was not great. And then we played right before the Open Championship. We went and played a day at Bray Bend when it was just blowing up a storm up there. And it was an awesome, awesome experience. And then I feel like the PGA is just any nice day you have with friends. Oh, got her. That ready for the pga i don't know what's the defining characteristic of it i don't know just a fun fun day and there's a lot of cash up for grabs which is not the case uh, when when you and i (laughs) play golf uh i know we want to talk about bryson but we got to get to our boy uh john mccarthy here oh did you hear he played Augusta. We've had Adam Stanley on, our Augusta correspondent last week who played it. Now we're going to have John McCarthy on. Of course, the uh, the lead golf writer, national golf writer with the uh, post media chain there. Can't wait to get his thoughts. Also, got to talk about Bryson. I see a text coming in that I want to read as well. Keep those coming on the text line. 590-590. Please include your name and location. As always, very very happy to be here on the golf show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And the golf show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a subaru with legendary symmetrical full-time all-wheel drive golf show continues next on sportsnet five night of the fan Golf Show, Brent Gunning, Sam McKee here with you for another half hour or so on this wonderful Saturday morning. And the Golf Show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to the uncommon performance in a Subaru with legendary symmetrical full-time all-wheel drive. We are very you know, before before Monday, I would have said we're very happy to talk to our next guest, but now <laughs> we are <laughs> truly honored to be joined by John McCarthy, national golf writer, Post Media. John, how are you doing on this Saturday? And have you come down yet for Monday?
2: <laughs> I um, I have not come down for Monday. I'm um, obviously I'm a, I'm a new person now. Things have changed a, a lot, or, <laughs> and. Uh, of course, but no, it was uh, it, what a day it was. It was a great week, and it was you know obviously as a golfer, we all know it was one of the it was all the greatest golf day of my life.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's the it's everybody has their bucket list courses. Oh, I'd love to play Pebble. Oh, the old course is saying this is the one. Everybody knows this is the one. It's the only one you need to know. Someone or be the luckiest guy in the world. You know, I I have to say if you haven't done so already for first things first, shame on you. Second things second, go read the story that you wrote, John. It's incredible. I I don't know that I can call it a page turner because I read it on my phone, but if there were pages, they would have been on fire. I was turning so fast. Like it it was incredible to kind of get you to walk through, walk us through your day. You know, I, I won't spoil it. I won't get you to go shop by shop for us here, but is there one hole that you, I don't want to say we're over, we're, we're, was beyond expectations. Cause look, every hole at Augusta is special, but is there any one that you say, Oh, it's, you know, I'll just throw a number out there eh, it's six. It wasn't that special, but it kind of blew you away. We all know Amen corner. We all know 16. Was there one that stood out that maybe you didn't expect?
2: Uh, one that I didn't – well, the only thing I, I would say that really stood out that I didn't expect was how I felt on the first green because we all <laughs> sort of – we we know all about the first tee jitters and we've had them, you know, on any golf course with in any game you play often. But I felt strangely okay on the first tee, um, maybe because, like, the jitters <laughs> lasted three days before I uh, got out there. But when I got on the first green – and uh, all that sort of energy and the heart rate that you have, all of a sudden you have to calm it down and try and make a 15 foot. I had a birdie putt, a 15 foot birdie putt on the first hole. My hands would like they wouldn't stop shaking. I kept sort of shaking them out, and I, I couldn't get my hands to stop shaking before I had to make this downhill putt on a, at a on the on Augusta. Oh um, and I, I made contact, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a great putt. I missed it, and it rolled three feet past. And then I remember just. I was at that Masters where Ernie Els six putted from three oh. feet on the fir- <laughs> on the first green, basically right where near where I was standing, and I looked at that three footer and I was like, you know, this day is if this day's going to get off to the right start, I really need to make this three foot putt. So I did not expect, like five minutes into my round, to have a three foot putt that was making me like sweat and shake, but I made the putt and it actually. You know what? I didn't miss a putt inside four feet all day, which is I think really helped my nerves out there. I was making short putts. Take which, that, Scheffler. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so I'm interested in the process. So you said in the story that you found out on Saturday that you were gonna be playing? No, so the draw was held uh Friday morning, Friday, which
2: normally like I I've been to a number of these and I and I normally Remember when the draw was being held, and I checked the board. But for whatever reason, this week I I forgot that it was on Friday, and I was out interviewing Corey Connors after his round. And my friend Frank from the Journal de Montreal was standing there after I uh, talked to Connors, and he just he said, "Oh, what are you doing Monday?" And I thought he was just uh, he I thought he was going to arrange a round somewhere locally, and I was like, "You know, nothing." And he says, uh, "Oh, because uh, we have a tea time right there." And he points to the first tea because he he had somehow won as well. And so that was that was the moment. The rest of the day was a bit of a blur. I'm trying to remember to write my stories yeah. and and everything. But uh, from so Friday morning, Saturday, and all day Sunday, it was pretty much uh, on my mind. I won't say the back of my mind, the front of my mind.
0: So did they <laughs> do they make you withhold the information that you got that you won the draw? Because you tweeted it on Sunday, right? That so yeah, you, you did. Do they make you withhold that information? Because I feel like I would have been screaming that from the mountaintops the second I found out.
2: Well, there's a meeting on Saturday uh, that tells you some of the rules and what you can do and what you can't do, and you can ask all the questions. So before that meeting, Mm. I wasn't going to say it. I didn't know what the rule – I didn't know what we were allowed to say. And In (laughs) the end, they they didn't want – they didn't want the invitation on on social media. Like, so I, you see, I tweeted like the envelope, but not mm. the inside of the envelope. Some some guys did, but I was like, uh, whatever their rules are, I'm going to follow them this. until I'm on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: man. Can you imagine that story? It's like, so you won the lottery and you got to play Augusta? <laughs> Well, I, I, I won the lottery, but then I tweeted out a picture of it, so I didn't get to. Like, I, I, I am right there there with you. The the other thing I loved, uh, you know, a little line uh, from, from your story, I wrote it down here uh, from the night before. Sleep would not come easy, though. Nothing screams confidence like reading through three years of swing notes saved on your phone at 1 a.m. Now, John, this speaks to my own heart, because I don't get too involved with my own swing. You've seen it. It's bad. There's too much going on in there. But I am the guy who, if I'm going to play a new chord course. I'm sitting there the day before. I'm looking, oh, what might I have into this green? What am I going to go with off the tee? I can only imagine doing that for a course that you know so well and you've been sitting there. Like, I, I don't know that jitters can can even begin to describe it. I just what I, I I'm just, I, I got to say, just we're all so happy for you. And everybody, you know, every year people win the lottery. But the fact that we have at least a couple of Canadians there, I, I'm thrilled. You know, I, uh, I uh, have a bit of a nickname. It's been bestowed upon me by my buddies. Sam McKee here the punch out kid so can you please walk us through your wonderful punch out on the on the on the uh, 13th
2: yeah well if you're the punch out king then you actually might do a uh, pretty well at Augusta because the one (laughs) thing that you will notice is that I love about the course is you know there's a lot of room off the tee which is which is great it's like you know one of the it's not a hard course off the tee but it is as we all know the hardest course in the world around the greens but you can't into trees off the tee but there's almost always a punch out which is just a wonderful way to play golf you know you're not generally losing balls you can punch it out but yeah okay let's get to 13 it was uh uh it was the greatest par of my life for sure so i was the wheels were falling off um i had a great front nine uh i played as well as i could possibly play on the front um you know it's all it's in the story but i shot a 39 on the front with two birdies and i'm a seven handicap, so i was I was on top of the world, and the last thing I should have done is look at the number on the scorecard oh. after 9-hole because my caddy was keeping it, but I'm looking over his shoulder, and I saw it start with a 3, and I was like, oh, my God. So I tripled 10, of course. Um, and then anyways, I, so I, I hit the ball in the water on 12, but I managed to save a bogey from the water on 12, which was a great bogey, but I get to 13, and, the, and uh, things were not going well. And I know, you know, from years and years and years of watching that there's lots of room on 13, hit it anywhere, basically, except left. You do not <laughs> want to go left of the creek. Uh, you know, you can blow it out right into the pine straw. You can do whatever you want right. And and normally, you know, my miss is right. But I dead pull it left, left of the creek, into the trees. And I'm oh thinking, this God. is, a, am I going to lose this golf ball? And then. One of the guys in the group says, "No, I see it. It's, it's. I can see it sitting up there." And I, okay. So we go over. I, I walk across the creek left, and I'm gonna just chip out. You know, just sideways. You know, 20 yards probably. But my caddy, who was awesome, dude. This guy Graham. It's not normally the caddy that gives you the more aggressive uh, choice, but he's like, <laughs> you know, look through that tree. I think you can. I think you can punch it out about 80 yards, maybe 100 yards down the fairway, and that would get you a chance to. uh to get on in three because the, you know, the, the drive didn't go very far. It hit a tree. And so I said, All right. So I took a five iron and I had to keep it really low and punch it about 100 yards, but I got it through and it rolled through the fairway across just sort of on the edge of the pine straw. And now I have, so now I have 205 yards, but I have to carry Ray's Creek if I'm going to go for it in, in, uh, to get there in three. But I was like, "Well, things are falling off. I I can't possibly lay up again and then have no. to go over the creek. So I take my <laughs> the five round's wood. going bad. I better not play safely. Yeah, I <laughs> love this. Yeah, thought. yeah. So I have 205 yards. Have to carry the creek. Um, I I didn't want to hit a four iron and because it would take all of it. So I hit a five wood and it hit it really well. Of course, the ball is like you know complete uneven lie. Um, it sails the green, though, and it's looking like it's going to the back bunker, but it almost looks like it's going to sail the back bunker, but it doesn't. It hits the top of the back bunker, but it doesn't roll all the way to the bottom. So now we get across to the green, and I'm now in the back bunker in three on a downhill lie, chipping back at that green with a creek in front of it. And I said to the caddy again, I'm like, I think the only chance I have is to try and get it out and have it hit this fringe here, and it might not take something off it. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Okay. <laughs> and somehow I, hit, <laughs> somehow I hit the shot, it hits the fringe, it takes the speed off it, and it just rolls so beautifully down, and it ends about, I think, probably six feet below the hole. And I have a six footer uphill for par, and I made it. So wow, I, wow, John. I made a par from left of the creek and in the back bunker at thirteen, and it was uh, you know it was the greatest par of my life.
0: That's yeah, like Sergio when he won the when he was in the left <laughs> yeah. uh, stuff when he won the Masters. So I can only imagine though when you're standing on all these tees, like the feeling of once you hit the shot off the tee, like having it being gone forever you know like getting the chance to play augusta is almost like you know it's like the first time i don't know maybe not make a drug parallel here but like you just get you're <laughs> chasing the dragon you have that feeling do you know what i'm saying like you get to hit the shot and then it's gone forever i don't know it, it feels like it's almost a it's a it's a, a bittersweet sort of thing that you're doing out there being able to say that you played it but never getting to play it again or never winning the lottery yeah. again it's, it's it must be a weird feeling
2: no it, i do know what you mean and it's funny because for the whole front nine i just kept thinking how can this day pass can this day last forever mm. how, you know, how long can i stay out on this golf course you know maybe i can <laughs> if i play really slow i can be out here for five hours <laughs> but i am i'm just wanting the day to last forever and then at the, i looked at that scorecard that 39 and you, you know the golfer and all of us. as oh, soon yeah. as i saw the 39 i go how fast can I get off this golf course with a score? Like, <laughs> what, what a hole are we on? Can, can I somehow get to the, the 15th hole right now with this same score? Like, it was just from, from how long can I spend out here to how fast can I get off? So it was, a, you know, it was everything, basically.
1: Okay, so I can't ask you to walk us through all of your shots, but you you hit the tiger chip, John, like we have to talk about this. Cause we, but me and McKee, we did a draft before Augusta of holes. We'd, we would pick our favorites. And I said, 16 might be number one for me. Cause I always, I, I always push it right. Or I slice it right. So I can just aim at that tiger spot and it either comes in or I have the tiger chip. You had the tiger chip. How did it go? And what was it like standing there uh, trying to channel your inner tiger and turning Graham into Stevie?
2: <laughs> well, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for Graham because I needed him the whole day because he was telling me where, to, where my chips had to basically end and then, and then start their path to the hole. But he, uh, he stood there and told me, he goes, you need your ball to end right here and it, it should sort of, as it stops, it'll, it'll turn sideways and pick up speed and go down towards the hole. So I, uh, I hit a great, perfect chip, and it just it went right to where he was standing, and it almost stopped up there, and then it started to roll down. And I sort of thought for a second, this, is, this looks really good. But like <laughs> I said in the story, I'm not Tiger. It missed by about an inch, but it, it rolled about four feet past, and I made the par. So I got up and, up and down from the Tiger spot. I didn't
0: chip it in, but I got up and down. Wow, that's pretty good. So what was the experience like before your round, like when they brought you in, and did they make you feel sort of like you're a member? How did they treat you before you actually played?
2: Well, better than my uh, better than my family does, that's for sure. It was amazing. <laughs> it was, uh, no, I, so for the, they say you can get there an hour before your tea time, and they, they mean it. I've, I've talked to several guys that played. It's like if you show up an hour and two minutes before your tea time, they're like, oh, sorry, Mr. McCarthy, you're welcome to come back in two minutes, but it's, you know, it's, <laughs> It's 9:48, it's not 9:50. So we got there, I got there right at 9:50 cuz my tee time was 10:50. And uh so we drove up Magnolia Lane oh my um God. and I was yeah. like slow down. So I I have a, a video, <laughs> like we're allowed to take pictures and video, we just aren't allowed to share them. So I have lots of great video if anyone ever comes to my basement. <laughs> but uh I'm just like, slow down, slow down, slow down. And then we get there and, you know, they take the clubs and then they say to me, they said, go in to the clubhouse and make go up the stairs to the right. You have a locker in the champion's locker room. I was like, what is happening? So I go up the stairs and I'm all of a sudden I'm in the champion's locker room and it's tiny. I mean, it is, uh, it's like, it's less deep than a hockey locker room. Like you open the door, it's less deep than a hockey locker room and only a little bit wider. So it's this tiny room. First thing I see is uh, Hideki Matsuyama's green jacket is in a glass case. And then it's just all just lockers and two little tables. And I, so I started looking around instantly. And I first locker I saw was, was uh, Arnold Palmer's and, and then Jack Nicklaus. And then I looked for Tiger Woods and I looked for Mike Weir's, And then I finally got around to, and I found my name on uh, Tom Watson and Claude Harmon's locker because they share lockers. So I shared a locker with Tom Watson and Claude Harmon that day and it's like you could stay in that you know you know i love old school locker rooms and that's what it is it's like you know it's an old school looking little locker room just so cool Uh, i could stay there all day but like i said i'm you know i have an hour till i have to hit a a tee shot so there's also a breakfast buffet in the next room and i'm like well a i probably couldn't eat anything so i was like i don't need breakfast (laughs) i need a coffee and i need to get to the driving range so i spent about 10 minutes in the champions locker room and then i Went down to the range, the tournament range that uh, it was still open, so that's where we were. And I uh, started hitting some balls, and the range session, range was going really good, which I was that's super never, happy that's about. That's
0: never a good sign when the range goes well. It doesn't I know. Translate.
2: I was, after all this time off from Canadian uh, winter, I was uh, I was a little <laughs> unsure how it would go, but um, the range session was going great. Everything was good. The only thing is the time was just going so fast like you know and it's like when you wake up and your alarm goes off and you're like oh I've got half an hour then you look at your watch again and you have like two more minutes because somehow time is times in fast forward so you know I thought I was going okay and then I looked at my watch and I had 15 minutes for the tea time and I hadn't gone to the short game area so I had like 10 minutes to work on putting and chipping at Augusta for the first time before I went over to the first hole so everything was in fast forward but no it was uh, the experience before the round and during the round was just incredible and I'm lucky I got a really cool caddy he was a young guy who was just super chill I told him several times like I need you to stop me from freaking out I need you to keep me calm he's like yeah man yeah okay (laughs) so
0: So, um, the thing that I've always found so fascinating about Augusta and one of the main reasons that I not one of the main reasons but one of the big reasons I want to go is the no phone thing Johnny and Mm -hmm. You know, you even when I play nice courses now, you always have that feeling of taking your phone out and getting pictures and, you know, wanting to sort of document it. And I know that in your story that you're trying to find a camera or whatever all, all over Augusta. Man, camera sales that are a, around there must be great at that time of year. But I just not having your phone and feeling completely disconnected and just being able to kind of enjoy it, I, I absolutely love that aspect of Augusta. And it must have been really cool to just kind of disconnect.
2: Yeah. Well, like you said, I was trying to find a point and shoot camera and they were sold out in Target, Walmart and Best Buy. <laughs> and I guess because there's so many, you know, 40,000 fans every day and probably 5 percent of them show up with their phones camera. and they're told told to go back to their car. So then they go looking for a camera. But we managed to get one. And, and it, it was cool not to have the your phone out there. Um, Actually, when I was getting some texts the night before, I I I'd mentioned in the story I got one from a, a pro out in Whistler, and he says, "What's your handicap? We're all betting on your score. So I was like, <laughs> "I was kind of happy not to have my phone with me. I didn't need any any of those sorts of distractions." So, Boys, I uh, shot a
0: 39 on the front.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, it's nice not to have it for sure. And then even my camera, I just uh, you know, I gave it to the gave it to my caddy, and he's like, "I'll take care of this. You just focus on trying to golf." So it was uh, it was great. That's uh, that's
1: awesome. And uh, I know it wasn't technically one, but I think you invited us to come to your basement and then uh, play some golf with you. at yes. club. I think I think that's what happened when you said that's what we have to do if we want to see all those pictures. Uh, John, honestly, we're so happy for you. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Although I'm sure there are some folks in uh, Canadian golf media sharpening their knives. <laughs> they haven't got to do it yet. Well, I'll, I'll just leave that unsaid.
2: Yeah, thank you. I've never been cursed and congratulated in a single text message more than this week.
1: Is that a pat on the back or a stab in the back? Okay, uh, there he goes, uh, John McCarthy, Thanks, National Golf Writer, Post Media, one of our favorites. Love having him on. So happy you got to have that experience. And he's gone. Yes, he is. Uh, man, McKee. Uh Honestly, I mean, we'd all what what we would all give. Again, if you have not read the story, go read it in in the Sun. It's a uh, it's a tremendous piece of journalism. He he does the perfect mix of walking you through the round shot by shot. And uh, giving you enough other details as well. A uh, great great read. check it out there.
0: We just got an amazing two amazing texts from the same person. Read them read them okay. So the first one is you boys are speaking to my heart. Please tell me this is a podcast so I can send it to my 68 year old uncle who is adamantly refuses to to admit and he always slows us down. So he's playing the wrong T's. Love you guys will from Georgina. So I appreciate that text, and it is on podcasts. It's on Apple and Spotify if you want to find this, uh, the podcast. And the second one is, <laughs> the golf show should be three hours long in my opinion. I, I don't agree with that. I like the hour. I think that's good for us. I could listen to you boys chew the fat all morning. Thank you. Extra shout-out goes to Gunnar's womb broom. Whoa. an absolutely beautiful <laughs> face furniture. <laughs>
1: I've heard a lot of names for it. I don't know about the have never, brew.
0: I've never heard either of those. So I really appreciate it. The Duster's looking spectacular this morning on our little Thank you. chat. So just There's only,
1: uh, and as always, we love hearing the text. 590, 590 oh get them in, get them in. Uh, the one thing I'll say, there is only one three-hour-long uh, golf show podcast, and it's actually, uh, it, well, if we had our druthers, like 337, and it's when we go play golf. Yes. That's, that's the only version. <laughs> and let's be honest, mostly Leafs Leafs talking, complaining by me when when we're doing that, uh, along with uh, talking through our game. Uh, McKee, got to get to it quickly. Bryson, he's mm. hurt. It stinks. We don't have time to litigate everything. I am somebody who does not root for him. I do not pull for him. I love it when he's in the mix, and I love it when he falters late. But the game is in a better place when he is Bryson being the he-man, being the strong man. I don't know that we'll ever get back to that, and I think it, I think it's sad.
0: Yeah, and listen, everyone was right. You know, you can't swing like that. You can't play like that and have it hold up. You can't swing every day, 200 miles an hour, a hundred times, you know, a day and have your your, your body hold up the the wrist. That's a tough one. Like that that spot for golf is somewhat important. So I'm upset by this. I'm sure he'll come back. It's kind of a good chance maybe for him to look in the mirror a little bit and kind of reevaluate how he swings a club. The problem is he's a pretty hard-headed guy and I'm not sure that he's going to really reevaluate. Maybe he'll try to go back to it, but... Like you said before the show, he was a sick golfer before he beefed up, so hopefully he goes back to that. And, yeah, what a show today, Gunner. I love John McCarthy so much, and I'm so So happy he got to do that.
1: I'm I'm so happy as well. Yeah, let's bring back old school Bryson. Side saddle putting Bryson. Be weird in a different way, and then you'll have to own it, McKee. Sam McKee, Brent Gunning on the golf show. Wherever it is, you get your pods. And right here on Sportsnet 590, the fan, thanks so much for listening on this Saturday morning.